It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! edition of the Sports Rush. What a beautiful day. Got to get out, take a walk, take the dog for a walk. If you don't have a dog, take your neighbor's dog for a walk. Somehow get out and enjoy this weather. You know what this makes me think of is grilling. Uh, getting out on the grill, cooking up some some nice steaks. What's your go-to on the grill, Adam? I, it, for me, it's nothing better than a good New York strip steak. And get it good and seasoned and uh, and pop that baby on the grill and, and cook up some New York strip steaks. I know my, my wife likes the barbecue, and so sometimes it's pork chops, sometimes it's chicken, um, you know, and she wants me to slop it up with barbecue sauce and all that stuff. And I, I do a very fine job of grilling with, uh, with chicken and pork. But to me, you give me a grill, a nice day, and I'm cooking myself a good hearty steak. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I like a good sirloin myself. Sirloin's maybe the uh, the uh, poor man's New York strip. Yes, and I am a poor man. So, hi. <laughs> you know, I, well, that's the thing. I, it, when I go down there, to me, it's like vacation. You always spend more than you should when you're on vacation. I would never buy myself a New York strip steak here. Right. No, but I go down there, and I'm a lot less rational. So it's like. Forty dollars for three steaks. Eh, Rack them up. Throw it in the card. I got a card. Uh, get put it on the card. <laughs> Worry about that when I get back to work. Uh, but uh, nothing like a steak. What is the go-to for you, our listeners? Four six eight six two Parkview Sports Medicine text line. A lot coming up on the show today. Kind of a wacky Wednesday. We'll almost call it here. Why? Because we've got tons of tickets that we're going to be giving away today. I mean, it is a ticket palooza. If there's such a thing, because we've got uh, a couple of sets of tickets to go see the Mastodons take on Northern Kentucky at the Coliseum. Northern Kentucky battling at the top of the conference. Mastodons trying to get themselves into a good seating position. These are huge games, by the way, for the Mastodons this weekend. We'll talk more about that, but they are huge. And then on Sunday, it is homecoming officially. It is also senior day. Now, senior day is literally it's almost senior day, like senior citizens day, because these guys that are graduating have been in college since like 1979. Um, it seems like that because of COVID, they all got the extra year of eligibility. And some of them, because of transfers, had to sit out a year. So they got a redshirt year in there. So you've got uh, two sixth year guys, three fifth year guys or two fifth year guys. 
but they're all very important to the program. They were all keys to the success of the team winning the Horizon League championship a year ago. Uh, and, and hopefully they could make some history this year. That hasn't gone well. But you know what? The talent is there. And we've seen them play right with everybody in this Horizon League. And somebody's going to win this tournament. And I don't know who is favored right now. I think Youngstown State maybe has an edge. But the Mastodons have a win over Youngstown State this year. They're one and one against Youngstown State. Actually, where the Mastodons have found themselves in the position they're in is because they've lost a couple of games against teams they had no business losing to, including a couple of home games to Detroit Mercy and to Robert Morris. Uh, And the Robert Morris game, of course, was the game just played on Sunday. So the Dons really need this weekend. Then they've got next weekend in Wisconsin before uh, getting into tournament play. And the difference of this weekend could be anything from being in ninth place and having to play a first-round road game and never getting a home game throughout the tournament to being a fifth seed and actually getting a first-round bye in the Horizon League tournament and only having to win one game to get into Indianapolis and the semifinals. So it is a huge weekend for the Mastodons. Plenty of tickets that we're going to be giving away. Also, Comet tickets, Comet tickets, Comet tickets, and more Comet tickets. Look at this. Uh, Are these all all four-packs? I don't want to... Yeah, we have two four-packs to Saturday's game. And then we have two four-packs to Sunday's game. One, two, three. Well, there, let's see. i got to get them in order. I'm doing some organizing here. Cyclones, Cyclones, Wings, Wings. You're right. Two for Saturday, two for Sunday. So uh, we're going to have a fun today. Yeah, we're going to give away a lot of prizes. Giving away some prizes. We're emptying out our prize vault. Some of the leftovers that we had from Christopher James Menswear a week ago, where we had a great time doing the show live but we took uh, plenty of tickets. So anybody who came in and saw us, we would have tickets for it. And we gave some away, but we had more than than we needed. So we're going to give those away today. We're going to have a ticket palooza, wacky Wednesday, all day today. 46862 is the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Any questions, comments, or suggestions? Always like to hear from you if you've got something on your mind. Uh, let's see. What do I want to give away first? I don't know. Uh, I think I want to give away... Let's start with Comet tickets. All right. Okay, which one of these is Saturday? The 18th. The 18th. Okay, that's the Cyclones. So the Comet's Cyclones. Uh, Let's go ahead, and at this point, let's just text, and we'll text Cyclones. Let's do it. That's the opponent. So you text the word Cyclones to 46862, and coming up by 430, we will randomly select somebody who texts the word Cyclones to get... A four-pack of – these all four-packs? They are all four. Okay, four-pack of tickets, and uh, these are row 10. So for those that still use the old seating diagram, this would be considered the lower arena. And they're already pouring in, so get your get yeah. your Cyclones text in. Cyclones, that's Saturday night at the Coliseum, 7.30 face-off for Comet Hockey, and uh, we'll get a, a winner out of that. We've got more Comet tickets we'll give away. We've got uh, the tickets for Friday night's Mastodons game. We've got tickets for Sunday's Mastodons game. And the only thing you got to do is at some point in the next couple of days during business hours, swing out here and pick them up from our office because we'll put your name on them and we'll have them here for you to pick up. 46862, questions, comments, suggestions. Tonight, the Indiana Hoosiers with a big game playing for second place in the Big Ten against Northwestern, who comes off that Court storming win 
against the Purdue Boilermakers over the weekend. Of course, we all know one of the keys for Northwestern, without a doubt, is guard Boo Booey. <laughs> you know, you want to be prepared, but you don't want to be frightened by Boo Booey. Boo. You can't go into the game scared <laughs> against Boo Booey. Uh, Hoosiers are going to have a game similar to the way the game turned out at Michigan. It's probably going to be very physical. It's probably going to be a game that is difficult to get out of the 60s. It might not even make it to the 60s. I expect that this will be a tight game and a fairly low-scoring game. In fact, it might be a first-to-60 wins tonight for Indiana and Northwestern. Um, I, what is, uh, do you see the, the lines? I wonder what the over under is. If I had to guess an over under on this one, I'm guessing it's somewhere in that 118 to 121 point range. And if I find out differently, I might just take a pause from the show so I can get out my, uh, app and, uh, place a little something, something. You want the over under? Oh, the, uh, the over under. 134 and a half. Under, take under. 134 and a half? I mean, Indiana has been playing some pretty gritty defense. They locked down on, on Michigan down the stretch. You've got Northwestern that can really play some good defense. I wonder where they get 134. A lot of times those numbers are derived from the Ken Palm analytics. Ken Pomeroy, one of those that's like the uh, the computer the computer geek that has all the analytics for college basketball, and he puts all the information into his system, and it spits out what the score is supposed to be. But that seems like a really high number. I don't expect it to be a 68 to 65 or 69 to 65 or whatever that would end up coming out to be. I just don't see this game getting up that high. I see this game being possibly first to 60 wins, you know, a 64 to to 59 or a 63 to 61. I mean, very similar to what we saw with Michigan. So, uh, and that's even if Trace Jackson Davis has a big game. And I think he will have a big game because there's one big for Northwestern, but he's more of a, a power big. And he matched up well against Zach Eady as one of the double teamers. I don't know if Northwestern doubles Trace Jackson Davis. I would expect they would because I think they'll use a lot of the same principles they used against Purdue. But uh, they may just try to let Nicholson have him man-to-man. Now, Northwestern has at times gone to more of a short lineup where they have like a six-seven-six-eight center. So it'll be interesting to see how Northwestern plays the chess game against Indiana Hoosiers tonight. But I... And, and, you know, usually when I'm this confident about a game going under, it ends up over, and then I'm questioning <laughs> my sanity the next day. But really, I mean, I, Mr. Vegas is always my best help when it comes to this. I expected a number to be much lower. I expected Vegas to put a fairly low number because I, 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 I look at these two teams, and part of it is the influence of having seen Northwestern play Auburn, and that was like a 42-41 to 41 game down in Cancun. And then seeing Indiana uh, against Michigan and how they defended and, and all. I, I'm i expecting it to be a very intense, physical-type battle. Now, if they, if they 
if they blow a quick whistle early and they take away some of the physical play, then you open up the chances maybe for the offense. But we'll see what happens. 46862 Parkview Sports Medicine text line. One thing I don't think Ken Palm takes into consideration is what officials will be working that game. Because uh, like Rob Blackman told us yesterday, teams do have books on officials. So you scout the other team, but you also have a pretty good idea when you know your official assignments for that game. You know which ones tend to call things a little tighter. Certain officials maybe have their pet calls like shot fake and travel. Uh, they like to call the travel on that shot fake and drive. And, uh, and so you kind of prepare the team for how you expect it to be officiated based on your scouting report of the officials. And that's pretty common in college basketball because in most leagues, you see a lot of the same officials over and over. But, um, but it might, it might depend on that. 46862 is the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Once again, if you text the word cyclones, you will be in the hat for a chance to win a four pack of tickets for the Comets and the Cincinnati Cyclones coming up this Saturday night at the Memorial Coliseum. Uh, mentioned this briefly, it is homecoming weekend for the Mastodons. And that means if you like men's volleyball, if you like women's basketball, or you like men's basketball, there's going to be events for you to attend on campus because everybody is at home this weekend. That's why it's homecoming weekend. Uh, it's going to start with volleyball and women's basketball on Thursday. The women will play first. They will take on Wright State. That's a 5 o'clock start at the Gate Center, and then that will be followed by men's volleyball against uh, nationally ranked Ohio State coming into the Gate Center. The Ohio State Buckeyes will invade the Gate Center. That will be a terrific volleyball match. Mastodons are off to, I think, what, an 8-2 and two or 9-2 and two start, and, uh, and so that should be a good one. And, uh, of course, being right here on Arnie Ball Court, at the Hilliard Gates Sports Center, you get one ticket and you're able to take in women's basketball and men's volleyball. That's what I was told at the coaches show that it is a a single ticket, both match, both uh, events. Yeah, and our volley dons are now ten and two actually. So keep, okay, keep it up, Dot. Uh, they have been on a roll. And then um, coming up on Friday, of course, action moves to the Coliseum with the men's basketball team taking on Northern Kentucky. On Saturday, it's back to, uh, uh, well, it's not a double header because it's an afternoon and a nighttime, but you've got women's basketball taking on Northern Kentucky. You've got volleyball then against Ball State, the Ball State Cardinals. A lot of people in this area, that's one of the big rivalry matches. So Mastodons versus Ball State coming up Saturday night at the Gate Center. And then Sunday, the weekend finishes at the Gate Center, where the Bastodons men's basketball team will take on Wright State. So big weekend, huge weekend for the Dons, and very important as far as Horizon League seeding for both the men and women's basketball teams. They are both trying to position themselves uh, to get ready to get a good seed for that Horizon League Championships, which will begin after the regular season concludes next weekend. Uh, all right, so we got some headlines. we got some things happening in the world of sports. Let's go ahead and check it out because Adam Lundy has today's top headlines. 
Well, Colts owner Jim Ursay sweat set Twitter alight this morning when he posted a photo of himself as a kid <laughs> riding a live bear in the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, captioning it, my relationship with the Chicago Bears goes back more than 60 years. Oh, and who has that number one pick that the Colts might be coveting right now? Yeah, that's right, Chicago Bears. This, mm. this led to much speculation that Ursay is eyeing the Bears' number one pick in the upcoming draft, especially yesterday he praised that kid from Alabama, Bryce Young. <laughs> Diamond, well, I was gonna you say. get your pick if you're number one. That's true. If they want that kid from Alabama. I'm surprised because at this point, I almost have Bryce Young as my third. But they've been probably doing a lot more studying of this. And maybe we'll learn more information between now and the draft. But right now, I would take C.J. Stroud. Diamond Sports Group, who owns the 19 Bally Sports Regional Networks, which broadcast games of 14 Major League Baseball, 16 NBA, and 12 NHL teams, skipped about $140 million in interest payments due today. The missed payments by Diamond Sports Group start a 30-day grace period that could be a prelude to bankruptcy filing, which could lead to changes in how televised games are made available to viewers. Now, they are the, the Bally's Networks. Of course, we've got them around here. Uh, and it's how we see like Reds games, Cardinals games. But the Valley Sports Network statement said that this is the first step in hopefully being able to continue business as usual. So they want to continue to broadcast uh, and they want to continue to provide that. But hey, remember, they, they, uh, they were the ones that played hardball with some of the dish networks and cable systems. And boy, would that money look nice right now. One more for you. Six-time NBA champion Michael Jordan is celebrating his 60th birthday on Friday by making a $10 million donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It is the largest donation ever received from an individual in the organization's 43-year history. I was thinking of doing the same thing. I'm going to be turning 60 next year. Yeah. And I, exact same thing. Michael beat me to it. So well, I guess now, 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 you can't. No, now no. I can't do it because I wouldn't be the original. So there you go. There's your headlines in the world of sports. Uh, we will take a break. Reggie Tharp's going to join us. Snyder, girls basketball coach, coming up after the break. Big hockey night tonight. We've got your high school coaches show featuring a special hockey edition coming up at 6 o'clock. And then it's uh, high school hockey Memorial Cup semifinals at 7 and 9. Josh William has hockey night in Fort Wayne Starting uh, tonight, right here, uh, tournament time, right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Then coming up on Saturday, semi-state. Now it's the old format of the regional with the morning games, having to win to survive and play in the night game. But last week, we had the Snyder Panthers among our area teams competing in the regional, and we had their coach on the show, and I said, hey, win, and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Well, it's next week. They won, and so joining us on our guest line is Snyder Girls basketball coach Reggie Tharp. And, Reggie, pretty good first year, and congratulations on the regional championship. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I find it interesting with your team because I tuned in, and I expected to hear uh, Jordan Poole or uh, – Janae Donahue, and, and I'm hearing Sims, Sims, Sims. You have, uh, was that part of the plan of attack? Was that someone stepping up? What what was it that, that gave, uh, and is it Sierra or Ciara? It's Sierra. Sierra um, Sims. And, and, what, 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 it, and what it is, I just think it's just, it's a sign of a good team. Because um, obviously teams are going to look to take away 
Claypool and Donahue, those are obviously going to be the focal points of any any team's um, defensive game plan. But CeCe's one of our she's one of our leaders on our team, and and she has the capability of putting up good numbers, as you saw Saturday. She just um, she has to be patient and let the game come to her, and I think she did, and she just stepped up at a, at a time that we needed her. And the other thing, too, is uh, credit to those guards because they didn't force anything, and they got it to uh, the hot player and the player that had the best opportunity around the basket. Absolutely, and I think that's you know one of the things that we stress. We're we're extremely unselfish, and that's the great thing about um, Jordan and uh uh, Janae Donahue, like they lead our team in assists. So with that, with those two, they really don't care who's scoring or who's being productive. They just want to win. And I think that's the type of mentality you have to have if you're going to have a good team. Absolutely. Now let's, uh, let's talk about what's ahead because this is an opponent that you actually had an opportunity to play earlier in the year. And I'm sure you weren't thinking when you met Fishers back in the first month of the season that this is an opponent that you're going to have to pay attention to because you might meet somewhere down the road, but always a possibility. But what did you learn from that game? Is there anything that you can take from a game that was played like three months ago and move it into this matchup? Um, I think maybe bits and pieces. Um, as you know, we were the last team to, to defeat them, and they've been on like a 19-game winning streak. So, um, obviously, it's a different team. Uh, I think we may have caught them off guard a little bit. Uh, you look at the sectional that they played in and the teams that the opponents they had to defeat, and, I mean, it was probably the toughest sectional in the state. So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, you want to be confident because you know you already beat them, but you definitely have to be on guard uh, when you're playing them. Uh, I just just told the girls last night, you know, that I'm sure they had this game circled or they wanted a rematch against us because we were the last team, one of only two teams to defeat them this year. Well, and and you know, Reggie, I always, I always have this kind of theory when you have a rematch like that. And, uh, you know, if you win a game by eight or nine points, then I always say the other team right now is prepping to be nine points better than they were the first time we played. We've got to be 10 points better. Even though we won, we have to go in with that mentality because it does seem to me at times give an edge to the team that lost because they know they have to be better than they were the first time. Status quo won't work. Absolutely. And, and like I said, like going into it, like they, like some of the girls are familiar with each other because they play AAU basketball. So there's been a little talking back and forth, but, um, absolutely. They're going to be, they're going to come prepared, ready to play. Uh, Fishers is a great team. Um, they're great. In a half, in a half court defensive system. Um, so we have to value, I was telling the girls, we have to value possessions. Like we have to get good possessions, don't turn the ball over and make sure we're taking good shots against them. And, uh, I love that. You brought up a good point because, you know, back in the old day, uh, you know, you didn't have the AAU. You didn't have kids from Fort Wayne combining with kids from Indy. I mean, you play a team that was out of Fort Wayne, you had to learn the entire roster and, and study them. And it was on the old film, too. It was like the old, uh, what is that, 8 millimeter or something? We had to wind it up in the projector. But yeah. uh, but seriously, now these kids know each other so well. They know exactly what the other kid's game is before you even have to give them any kind of scouting report. And that is kind of a different aspect. And they can talk a little trash because of social media. So, they're, you know, and, and so it's, it's just a different uh, day and time. Uh, what do you think about the format? 
And now that you've gone through the regional and played the one-game regional and have to prepare now for two games on a semi-state, what are you thinking? Well, the, the, I was just talking about this the other day, and um, it's great. Like, I like it when, you know, you can say, hey, we got a regional title. Um, the toughest thing about it, that two-day game or a semi-state when you have to win two is just the type of opponents you got to play. I mean, when you get to semi-state, now you're looking at, you know, a South Bend, Washington, who's number one in the state. You're looking at a Lake Central, who's top ten in the state. You're looking at Fishers, who's number who's number two, you know. Whereas in regionals, you would get some of the lower-seeded teams where you had to play uh, two games. So it's definitely going to be more difficult. Um, this is my first year doing it, so it's going to be definitely be a learning experience, uh, but hopefully the girls are, are mentally ready to go and prepared to play. Well, the great equalizer, it may be your first year because you're a first-year coach, but it's everybody's first year doing it because nobody's, <laughs> nobody's been through this with the changes yeah. to the tournament format. Reggie, best of luck. Uh, we'll be pulling for the Snyder Panthers. We've got your broadcast coming up play-by-play here on the radio on Saturday morning. Looking forward to it, and uh, I, I, I'll just say it again. I hope I talk to you next week. Hey, I hope you do, too. That means we're still winning. Uh, absolutely. Reggie Tharp joining us on the guest line, talking Snyder Panthers, uh, Lady Panthers basketball, after they got the uh, uh, regional win last week against uh, Harrison of Lafayette. Now they take on Fishers. Yeah, it's been a long time since Snyder beat Fishers, but that was way back in November, and Fishers hasn't lost since. Fishers took care of Homestead rather easily. Uh, so this is going to be a huge challenge for Snyder. And then the problem is you win, and your reward for winning is to take on, uh, like, the top-ranked team in the country. I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, in the same day. <laughs> uh, now, they're not... They're, I don't think they're number one, but they're on the top, what, top 20, top 25 nationally, the uh, South Bend, Washington. And uh, now they did lose one of their best players to injury, but it doesn't matter. They had, like, five D1 players in their starting lineup. It's a loaded team, so... Uh, it'll be a, a fun semi-state, and as long as Snyder is playing, we will be broadcasting. Michael McIntyre will be there with the call Saturday morning, 10 a.m., right after talking Sports. We've got to take a break because we've got another guest that's getting ready to join us, James Boyd. We've got to talk about the Colts and their new hire of uh, Coach Shane Steichen. And James Boyd was at the press conference yesterday. Uh, we got to talk about two things. One is Shane Steichen. Two is all these little, you know, little trinkets we're getting from Jim Irsay about the Alabama kid, about the Chicago Bears. Uh, what's it all mean? We'll get James Boyd's take on it when we come back here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Introductory press conferences are so much fun because not only are we overanalyzing every word that is spoken, but we're also judging the personality, the look, the style, uh, whether or not the guy needs a cheeseburger. I mean, there were people that actually put that he looked a little thin and probably hasn't eaten enough during the regular season. That's how much we, we, we scrutinize these introductory press conferences. And so the guy that we're going to have to do that with us is joining us now on the guest slide. James Boyd from The Athletic. Hey, James, how are you? I'm doing good. The Colts finally have a coach. So I'm <laughs> you know, coach watch. This is great. Well, and, and now the, the process begins. I mean, you know, it's it, now we start to talk about the coaching staff. We talk about this draft pick and what the Colts are going to do there. 
but some of it almost might have been answered in this press conference. And let's go ahead and start there. We'll get more about Shane Steichen in a moment. But let's start there with the draft because it was asked about analyzing these quarterbacks and how important is it for the Colts to draft a quarterback and what type of quarterback you're looking for. Uh, and I thought it was very interesting that Jim Ursay, perhaps a slip of the tongue, threw out there that the Alabama kid's been pretty darn impressive. Uh, what'd you take of that? Was was that, I mean, was that a slip by Jim Ursay? You know what? You just never know with Jim Ursay, right? <laughs> what I do think that of everything that was said in that press conference, and I love Shane Steichen's backstory, all the people he thanked, how emotional he got, his, you know, four pillars, yada, yada, yada. The most important thing said in that press conference was that Alabama kid's not too bad. (laughs) So definitely my ears perked up when I heard that, everyone's ears as well. And I think it just confirmed that he's at least thinking about trading up to pair, you know, potentially Bryce Young or someone else with Shane Steichen. Well, and and that's the key is – once that word's out, doesn't it take away a little of the leverage the Colts have? Now they almost have to go up to number one, don't they? I do think they were going to move up regardless. Um, this is based off of my personal feeling, not giving any intel or anything like that. It's just I think that if you are that sold on the guy, you have to move up. And I also think that because of the coach that they hired, um, he'll give them great insight as to who he wants to build around and how successful he can be and how quickly it can happen depending on who they pick. Um, does it take away a little bit of leverage? Maybe, but I also think that, you know, a lot of these talks will really come down to just, you know, what they have in these war rooms as far as draft picks, compensation, things like that. Um, I would expect Andy to at least inquire about moving up because, in my opinion, you can't wait and expect for your guy to be there if he's your guy. If he's your guy, do it now, have faith in it, and then obviously control your own destiny, so to speak, from that point. Well, you know, uh, according to Jim Ursay, his experience uh, in dealing with the Chicago Bears goes back a long time. <laughs> I mean, you know, he even tweets this. I mean, is he just playing I with know. us all? I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, I know. Everyone keeps asking me, like, hey, James, you think he's trolling? You think he's just doing something to mess with the, the Bears fans and, and, and Texans fans? And I'm just thinking to myself, if you're asking me to get inside the mind of Jim Ursay, I'm sorry. I can't do it. You know, you never know what he's thinking. Um, and then obviously if you do know what he's thinking or you think, you know, he could do something totally different. So, um, I think at minimum you have to at least acknowledge and confirm that again, he's thinking about trading up to number one. And obviously it's worked well for this franchise to have the number one pick. You look at Andrew Luck, you look at Peyton Manning. Is anybody in this draft of that caliber? No. But if, again, if you can get someone that you're very high on and pair him with a quarterback guru and a coach who's stepping into his own, uh, maybe that marriage can do very, you know, good things for the franchise going forward. Everybody's got a different opinion. Three top names on that quarterback list going into this draft. And I'll be honest, I thought Bryce Young might have been third on mine. Uh, how do you feel about Bryce Young? If Jim Ursay is telling the truth, if it did slip out unintentionally, if it is Bryce Young, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know what? Shane Steichen, maybe he showed his hand a little bit. I don't think as much as Jim Irsay, but I did ask him, what traits do you think are the most important to develop and build around the NFL? And he's like, accuracy, decision-making, and and, uh, and creating, you know, being able to create and make plays. And that's what Bryce Young did a lot, you know, at Alabama. That's what put him mostly on the top of most leaderboards when it comes to the quarterback prospects. Um, however, 
I do think that there's going to be some consideration there from Chris Ballard and what he likes. And obviously in the past, he's been to more so of a, a traits guy. So Will Levis or CJ Stroud probably fits more of his mold of quarterback. And then you also look at Anthony Richardson where you're like, Hey, hold up. He's, he's the yeah. fourth, right? But you think, and eh, you look at the success that Shane Steichen had with James, Jalen Hurts, helping him develop, you know, being a runner type of quarterback to start off to now being an elite you know, passer, and I, I, I would consider a franchise quarterback, do you take a stab at him? So I know the next few weeks are going to be crazy, and then obviously with the draft combine coming here and getting to talk to these guys, I don't expect a lot of these top guys to throw here, but I do expect them to at least um, talk and meet with the media, obviously, and so that would be exciting to just pick their brains on football. But um, if I had to just pick my own personal, like, you know, top pick or, or, or top guy, I'll probably lean more towards the C.J. Stroud type. Just because of his, you know, his success in college, he's been a starter for multiple years, and then also he's got the build to look like an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think Bryce Young is phenomenal, but man, I, it, I don't know five ten, which I think is what he really is. We'll find out soon. But you know, uh, six foot and below uh, behind a porous offensive line, it doesn't bode well for the future. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, talking to James Boyd from the Athletic, who is joining us on our guest line, and. Uh, did you ask that question, by the way, what you said, something about asking the question? Because I thought it was a great question. What traits you're looking for uh, if it is a young quarterback? What are the things that are important to you? Was that your question? Yeah, that was my question. And you know what? It was just my nice way of really wanting to I wanted to ask, who are you going to draft? Well, I can't do that. So you got you to weed your way around and kind of, you know, read between the lines. But if, if anything, I did feel like it was a valid question because he's had success with three different quarterbacks, you know, uh, who are all elite in different ways throughout his career. You know, Phillip Rivers, who's more of a stationary quarterback, but a great thinker and processor, gets the ball out fast. Go to Justin Herbert, who's, you know, a, more of an athlete, but also can air it out and can move his legs. Ego Jalen Hurts, who's a true dual-threat quarterback. And so he's had success with all those guys. So I figured, why not ask yeah. him, of all people, what you think is most important to being successful when, obviously, he can seem like he can make it work with anyone. Well, I'll tell you what, it's great to come out with a great question because I can't imagine sitting in that press conference because you know, as a journalist, uh, you're either going to score with your question, that one question you get to ask, you're either going to score or you're going to be the like the butt of jokes on Twitter and social media. <laughs> I mean, you got to feel the pressure. This is big time now. It, you know, it, it, that question is going to be scrutinized. And hey, I give you credit. That was a good one. I don't know if I'd have been hey. able to handle that pressure. I might have actually broke down in tears and I would have been asking a guy that's crying my question while I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Jay's Boyd, uh, let, let's, uh, let's now get to uh, Shane Steichen himself. Uh, analyzing the guy, I think the first thing is we want to see what kind of a, a personality, what is he as a leader as far as, you know, don't we all kind of say, okay, is this guy tough guy, soft guy, uh, you know, warm and fuzzy? What type of leader is he going to be? I could tell there was a totally different tone to the press conference than previous press conferences with guys like Frank Wright. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you saw – Parts of him, right? So he starts off and you see the weepy guy, the emotional guy, the grateful guy, which I would expect anyone in that position to be because it is a dream come true to become a head coach in the NFL. But then you also see, you know, you ask him what are some of the traits that you, you know, think you bring to the table as a coach. And he's like accountability. You said it sternly. He's like, you know, not, you know, worrying about who a certain player is as far as their status in the league, but holding them accountable and making sure, like, he learned from Nick Sirianni, we don't let anything slip. And so I think that's something that a lot of these players on the team were kind of looking for. Maybe it wasn't as 
stern when it came from Frank Reich. He's more of a scholarly approach when it comes to, um, you know, coaching. And I do think that um, with Shaquille Leonard and a few other guys, they were really looking for a coach who can, you know, kind of get in your face a little bit. And maybe, you know, Shane Steichen brings a little bit more of that with him. So I think he's a little bit of, you know, both when it comes to being, you know, a thinker, a, a, a analytical guy, but also a, you know, rah-rah football guy. Now, it can obviously work in different ways around the league. You know, one of the most successful coaches in, in team history here is Tony Dungy, and he's not a rah-rah in-your-face guy. But I do think that for this particular era of Colts football, they were looking for a new um, direction and someone who could be more of a, uh, you know, I guess just in-your-face and, and a little more of a fire. So I do expect that to be one of his traits that we see. How surprised are you that he's jumped out immediately and said he's calling plays? I was a bit surprised by it, mainly because he saw Nick Sirianni, um, you know, uh, started or tried to do it and then passed it off to him, obviously, because it became too much. So um, I obviously expect him to be a man of his word to do it, but I do think that there will probably be a process there or an evaluation period there where he's like, okay, how successful am I at doing this right now? And then do I stick with this? Obviously, that could change in the future. But um, I was a little bit shocked that he uh, committed to it right away. But, um, you know, more power to him because obviously he's been a great play caller so far throughout his career. Of course, one of his first things, uh, orders of business, is going to be putting together the staff. First, let's talk about the guys that were there at the press conference. Gus Bradley, Bubba Ventrone. Uh, have, have they already kind of received an assurance that they're going to be part of the future staff under Shane Steichen? Even though he said we're going to talk and he didn't hold anything, uh, you know, he didn't commit to anything. It just seems like the fact that they were there, they're confident they're moving forward with this head coach. Yeah, I do think that um, I would lean, in my personal opinion, that those two guys would probably be brought back, mainly because um, there was not as much of a drop-off from with, that, with those groups as opposed to it was with, with the offense. I think that Gus Bradley's really respected around this, you know, this, this city, around the building, around with the players. And there was points in the season where you're like, okay, that's an elite defense. Now, it, ta- it tapered off at the end of the season just because it felt like they finally let the rope go um, out there for a long time on, on a lot of, uh, in a lot of games because of the, the stagnant offense. And then you look at special teams with Bubba Ventron where it's like, okay, despite all this chaos, one good thing you can point to, they got the kicking, you know, finally corrected. <laughs> and they have a kicker, and they, and they were able to have them play with special teams. And so – I think that those are two things that can make, you know, hire by retaining those two guys, it makes um, the transition easier for Shane Sykin because obviously he has some things to do with building his own offensive staff. Well, and of course the Colts had to uh, overcome the the failures of a kicker uh, in one regard and then a punter that got hurt. So, it you know, it wasn't the easiest year for special teams either. I'm going to throw something that's pretty radical out there at you and get your reply to it. Should the Colts consider Eric Bieniemy for offensive coordinator? On a, in my personal opinion, yes, absolutely. Um, I think that they should, mainly because, as P- Patrick Mahomes pointed out, the two plays they scored down the, near the goal line where they did like that, you know, fake, um, you know, motion and then go right back to the running back and score on an easy out route. Those were two plays that were identified by Eric Bieniemy that were successful against the Eagles when the when the Jaguars did them throughout the season. And so when you have the best quarterback in the world vouching for him, when you have Andy Reid vouching for him, and vouching for him not only this year but in years past, I think that he should be considered for not only you know offensive coordinator positions but head coaching positions. Now, obviously, he hasn't been brought in. We haven't heard anything about that. 
he's most, most likely to maybe stay in Kansas City or go somewhere else. However, I do think he should be considered. But also, you know, there's other great you know, candidates out there. I'm sure that Shane Sykes is probably looking through his own personal list. Um, and at the end of the day, I do think that whatever offensive coordinator he hires, he probably needs, in my opinion, a more experienced coach than himself, so to speak. So, you know, he's a young guy. He's got a lot on his plate. I don't know if you go young and young which for your entire offensive staff. Maybe you do go get an older guy who's been around the league and, and has more of a, uh, you know, background in just doing it and having success with it. That way you're not totally entering an entire new space with your offensive staff. Well, I think the one thing for Eric Bieniemy, and I, I we've got a report today that he's going to interview with Washington as an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator position. And I think the one thing with Bieniemy is right now he's in the shadow of Andy Reid. Andy Reid gets all the credit for maybe what Eric Bieniemy does with the Kansas City offense. And I think he feels like he's got to get into a different system uh, and, and maybe maybe get credit for it somewhere else. And if that if he's available, I don't know how the head coaching interview went with Eric Bieniemy, but. He's been in a creative offensive system, and he's gotten a lot of mentorship from Andy Reid. He would be a guy that I, I would feel could bring a lot to the offense. Um, defense, though, I think that's where you've got to have a guy like a Gus Bradley that you can trust to just run the defensive side because you're not going to be spending as much time with those guys. What about uh, personnel? I found something to be very interesting, and I, I, I wonder how you felt when you heard this, that – the Colts asked a lot of questions about how some of the candidates felt about their roster and personnel and got a lot of feedback that seemed to be enlightening. In some ways, to me, this is evaluating the performance of Chris Ballard right in front of Chris Ballard's boss. But uh, that seemed to be kind of interesting to me as far as having other people on the outside judging your personnel and your roster. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of having such an exhaustive coaching search, right? You can only hire one coach in the end, but I thought it was great for them to get out and basically have a bunch of other elite coaches. You know, many of them have had success in many different ways and obviously different divisions, different teams, um, different units when it came to special teams, offense, defense. And for them to tell you, this is where you fell short Mm -hmm. And, and to kind of build differently going forward. And I also found it interesting that, Chris Ballard even said, you know, hey, me and Shane Steichen, we see the game philosophically, I'm sorry, the same. Yeah. And that's great, but there's been criticism of how Chris Ballard builds a team. And so Chris Ballard mentioned, hey, we didn't agree on everything. And I'm like, that's probably a good thing that you have a coach coming in who doesn't agree with everything that you do and vice versa. And maybe he can be the one to kind of pull Chris Ballard into more of the modern um, century football where – Obviously, you're gonna, you want to win in the trenches, right? Those are the, what the great teams do in the NFL. However, do you, is your best player going to be a running back? Is your best defensive player going to be an off-ball linebacker? Probably not if you have Shane Spiken. And I do think that that's something that you know, he's going to come in and address. Like, hey, we need to catch up with the rest of these teams in the NFL. And obviously, that starts at quarterback. Because you look at a team like Jacksonville, you know, who's in your division, a year ago they looked like a mess. And then now they have their young quarterback, right? He looks great with Doug Peterson, his new coach. And they look like they're probably poised to have success for the next decade because they have those two things in place. And so if Shane Stockton can come in and do that in Indy, I'm sure a lot of fans will be pretty excited about it. Always appreciate you, James, uh, taking time to talk to us about everything happening down there. And, of course, the big news, Shane Steichen, the new Colts head coach. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. 
Thank you so much. It is it is great to be out of uh, you know <laughs> house arrest when it came to coach, coach search. I can do things now. I can go get a haircut. Go to oh, uh, I'll, tell great. You, I'll tell you what. Don't think it's going to be too much of a rest. You're going to have some coaches to analyze. You'll get hired. You're going to have a draft to start breaking down. You know, it's the NFL, buddy. There's no off season. Never, but I'm grateful to do the job. Man. It is cool to have this job. <laughs> I appreciate you. That is James Boyd joining us on the guest line. Uh, from The Athletic. And uh, I tell you what, if you're a fan of any sport, that's the place to get uh, a subscription because they really do a great job digging deep and covering with long-form columns and articles. It's not just, you know, here's what, here's who won and here's how many points a guy scored. I mean, you get the full story. Yeah, I would say they're one of the uh, media outlets that goes uh, in the most depth with their stories, I would say. Yeah, we'll take a break. Coming up in our 5 o'clock hour, we've got more tickets for you to win. In fact, you know what? Before we get to the break, let's go ahead. First of all, we got to congratulate Gary Smith. Uh, Gary, congrats. You've got tickets to go to the Comets game against the Cyclones. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to go round two. And this time, if you text Cincinnati. Do they have to spell it right? No. They can put Cincy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, how many one-word texts are we going to get that Cincinnati or Cincy or something? Because I guarantee if we go by spelling, we might not have a winner. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll go Cincinnati, Cincy, something that refers to that city. Um, and uh, if you text us, we'll put you in the hat and we'll randomly draw a winner. And we're going to do it in about 10 minutes. So you got to do it fairly quickly. That is Cincy, Cincinnati, something uh, text us, one word, and uh, we'll pick a winner for a four pack of tickets to go see the Comets and the Cincinnati Cyclones. That is Saturday night at the Coliseum. All you've got to do is be available to pick up the tickets either tomorrow or Friday. During business hours here at our offices on Maples Road. We'll take a time out. We're coming back. Plenty more in hour number two, including Sam King talking about the Boilermakers, the loss to Northwestern, and a big challenge on the road at Maryland. It's coming up in our next hour on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.